Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, your weekly podcast on all things investment, hosted by me, Jacob Kearns. Each quarter, Domain, one of Australia's leading real estate sites, published their house price report. Previously on Investor Intelligence, we've had Dr. Nicola Powell, the Chief of Research and Economics at Domain, to discuss their house price report and some of the work that Domain are doing to analyse and understand the Australian property market. At the end of January, this December's house price report was released and summarised the end of 2023 in the Australian property market. And today, I'm joined by Aaron Best, the Member Experience Director at the Property Mentors, to discuss the pricing report, what it means and what we're seeing in Australian property. Welcome back, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Uh, So the first line of the house price report was pretty interesting and will be pretty interesting for a lot of people. It said that Australia's housing market has now fully recovered from the 2022 downturn. Obviously, that's a big statement. And Domain clearly have a lot of data to back it up. Aaron, what's your opinion of this and what does it mean for investors? Well, to be honest, I was here on the podcast in May last year when Domain released their first house price report for 2023. In that episode, I was talking about the fact that we'd just seen the first quarter where price drops had slowed, or in some cases, they'd stopped going down and they were starting to go back up again. In particular, some of the capital cities around Australia, it was Sydney at the time, had already started to increase. We've discussed multiple times before on this podcast that the market and the sub-markets within the market follows a fairly consistent process of boom, correction, recovery. That is prices increase, prices drop a little bit and prices go back up to the peak of the increase and then keep going. In May, I suggested that what we were seeing in the house price report was reflective of the tail end of correction and the recovery was starting. So what we're seeing now is we're pretty much at the end of the recovery period. Prices are back up to their peak that they were during the COVID boom. To be honest, this recovery period has been a fairly quick one. As the house pricing report discusses, the correction period for houses lasted three quarters the recovery period only took four. So it was just a little bit longer. And for units, so apartments and small houses, the correction lasted five quarters, but it recovered in three quarters. So it recovered a lot faster than it actually had been dropping. The Australian property market is powering forward at a rate of knots, despite, as Domain put it, a lot of headwind trying to hold it back. Yeah, and it's interesting going back to the previous podcast we had with Dr. Powell. Obviously, Domain's house price report is all data and not really any opinions in that, but the narrative that the data was showing back Back then, as you mentioned, was that we were starting to come out of the worst of things and really interesting to see the, the data now showing the effect of that. And I've got the report here in front of me, read some figures off. So Sydney has grown by 10.6%, Brisbane by 9.7%, Adelaide 12.7%, Perth 11.9%. And there's been some states like Canberra, which has decreased by a little bit, 4.6%, Hobart 2.5% a decrease. But overall, most states and territories have grown and some quite significantly. I've cherry-picked the larger ones. It's really interesting.
interesting to see. And the interesting thing is that even though you've cherry-picked the larger ones, those larger ones are the largest, most populous cities in Australia. Our cities like Sydney are recovering much faster than the small areas like Canberra. And if you do think about the fact that, for example, post-COVID, working remotely has become a much more acceptable paradigm, including in the public service. And Canberra is mostly public servants. So there's a possibility that the reason Canberra's market isn't recovering as quickly is because less people are needing to travel to Canberra at the moment in the aftermath of COVID. Yeah, that's a good point. I think what's most interesting about these figures is the interest rates are the highest they've been in a long time. So we're still, as we're about to discuss here, facing a lot of headwinds, but 10%, 12%, these are big growth numbers for property. You know, statistically, we only grow about seven to seven and a half percent annually in property. That's the average over the last sort of 40 years by core logic. So yeah, these numbers are interesting. As you mentioned, the headwinds at Domain Point out are quite interesting because they're things that Australians are seeing and feeling the pinch of. Some of these items include stretch borrowing capacities, cost to build blowouts, additional taxes on investors, cost of living pressures, and of course, high interest rates. But as we've mentioned, despite this, property prices are still increasing. Yeah, it is an interesting one because all of these things are coming together to not only dampen growth, but there are a number of other factors that are also driving price growth. So although we do have this cost of living crisis, we've got high interest rates, we've got all of these issues with borrowing capacity because of high interest rates, we are still seeing an increase in population, an increase in overseas migration, and we're also seeing lower supply of property. So there are less sellers entering the market and less developers building new stock. As Domain points out, low supply normally causes a period of rapid price growth, but because of interest rates, because of borrowing capacities and cost of living, we're seeing less buyers that are able to enter the market. And so what would normally be a period of rapid growth is, is being a little bit tempered at the moment. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that a lot of the things that are slowing down the market at the moment is expected to start to ease some of soon as this year. So we're experiencing with the government announcing changes to stage three cuts to address the cost of living pressures. A lot of the big four banks in Australia are predicting rate cuts as soon as September this year as well with uh, the Commonwealth Bank predicting six rates cuts as soon as mid next year. Yeah, it is going to be an, an interesting 24. You had Luke on the podcast a few weeks ago talking about what to expect this year. And as he mentioned, one of the big things that will affect the market is people's sentiment. Obviously, if some of these factors are reduced or disappear completely, then the narrative in the news will start to change and the media will start to report the property market differently. And it will make people feel a little bit more confident about rejoining the market. We often see people wanting to wait until they see what will happen with the market. But realistically, if you do that, and Luke said it all the time, if you're waiting to time the market, you're going to miss out on time in the market. So the people who do sit there and wait and they're like, oh, I'm going to wait until the boom started. Well, then you've missed all the opportunities that you could have taken advantage of during the correction and recovery phases. Yeah, no, you're so right. Uh, and a lot of the conversation that I've been having over the past year, a lot of people have been worried to enter the market. But now as we come out of this, you're right about the sentiment. The sentiment is starting to change with a lot of the conversations I'm having on property forums. I'm reading people are starting to position themselves and get ready for when interest rates do start to come down. So I think the media hasn't started to talk about it too much yet, but they will soon. And when that happens, sentiment is going to change in a big way. And as you mentioned, it was CBA that came out and reported that they're expecting six cuts to the cash rate between now and the middle of next year. And obviously, six is a really large number. We went from 11 rate hikes to now six rate cuts. That's a really good opportunity for a lot of investors. 
It's expected that it's going to be about 0.75% that it will drop over those six interest rate cuts. But what's interesting about that is when we were seeing interest rate rises, CBA was always the conservative voice of the big four banks. Right. You usually had CBA and Westpac being a little bit more conservative about what they were predicting. They were normally saying, yes, there's going to be a rate hike. Yes, there's going to be a rate hike. Yes, there's going to be a rate hike even when the other banks were saying there wouldn't be. And now that they're saying, oh, there's going to be rate cuts, if they're still using that same data that they've always used, then it builds that confidence a little bit more to say, okay, well, the conservative bank is now saying we're going to get cuts. That's a great opportunity. And it will start to hopefully, as we've said, build up that good sentiment in the property market again. And we'll start to see us move out of that recovery phase back into potentially a boom. It's not to say that we are on the edge of a boom or that we're definitely going to see a period of massive growth this year. But everything that we're seeing at the moment is encouraging that we will see growth this year. Yeah, I think as opposed to the previous few years, there's a lot of catalysts and positive things that are set to happen in the market, whereas previously there's been a lot of negative things that obviously had an effect on the market. No, you're so right. Another interesting thing from the house price report, within it, they had the words record high mentioned about four or five times within the first few paragraphs. And annual gains for houses are the steepest they've been in 18 months and in units for two years. That kind of information, house prices gaining at the steepest rate in 18 months and units gaining in the steepest rate in two years despite all of these things that are pushing back on them, that does bode well for us to see some growth over the next 12 months. As we said, stage three tax cuts come in to try and address cost of living and cash rate cuts come in to help address that the issues with interest rates. And if interest rates come down, that should hopefully also improve people's borrowing capacities. It is important to remember though, that the words record high in this context, even though they do sound quite an achievement and they are, it's not saying that it's an extraordinary result. Result, it's saying that these are the highest the prices have ever been and they are getting there stably. So it's not to say that because they're record highs that it's extraordinary and we're going to see another bust or any kind of price drop just because they're at record highs right now. It's likely that we will continue to see record highs over the next couple of months. Yeah, that's definitely a really good point. So given the current state of the market, as Domain has reported it, what are some key insights you think people should be taking away and what decisions should people be considering within the next few months? Well, my opinion is, as we're seeing, the trajectory is moving up. We've seen periods of growth for three or four quarters now, and it doesn't look like it's going to abate anytime soon. In actual fact, we're also seeing those things that are trying to dampen pricing are likely to start easing over the course of this year as well. And that's only going to give the market more opportunity to continue to grow. So obviously, as we've always said, getting into the market early is more important than trying to find the best deal at the right time. There's an old example, an old case study that says that if you invest $100 a week for 20 years, you will end up about $5 million better off than someone who invested $200 over 10 years. So the amount of time that you spend in the market is drastically more important than just trying to reach the same amount of investment at any given time. People should also be thinking about the fact that we often hear people saying, oh, I'm waiting for interest rates to come down. I'm waiting for interest rates to come down. If interest rates come down and you're already a mortgage holder, you reap the benefits of it in the same way that someone who waited until interest rates came down and then decided to buy and get a mortgage. So if you were to buy now at today's prices, you'd still get the interest rate in six months time if it happens. Whereas if you wait six months until the cut happens and then you decide to buy, the prices potentially will have increased. 
We've just talked about the fact that this quarter house prices have increased by their steepest rate in 18 months. What's going to happen over the next two quarters? If you continue to wait, you're potentially missing out on growth opportunities only to benefit from something that you would have gotten anyway yeah. with interest rates. Yeah, for sure. And I think on that, people who have been waiting for interest rates tend to fall in two buckets. So people that literally can't borrow and the people that think prices are going to come down. But as we've seen from the data, it's sort of been a mistake. They've missed out on a lot of growth just because you know, we've seen a lot of that growth, as we've discussed with the, the easing of some of the headwinds and the positive catalysts from interest rates, population growth does look like to make for an interesting 2024 and beyond that as well. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really interested to see what this year brings us as far as property goes. And we'll see when the next house price report comes out in May, whether or not we are still seeing that we will potentially have moved completely out of recovery and we'll be well on our way towards the next sort of boom moment in the Australian property market. Yeah, no, that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to that one. Well, thanks again for coming on, Aaron, and um, yeah, looking forward to having you back. Great. Thank you for having me. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au. Dot com.au.